Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. This week we'll look at why choosing to do what you believe everyone else is doing will increase your risk. Then we'll get into the market so I can share my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading, along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you. I'm Janine Cox, Senior Investment Analyst at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. As you subscribe, click on the bell on the right of it so that you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. This is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your questions. Over the past few months, there have been a huge influx of new investors in the stock market seeking better returns than what they received depositing funds in the bank. When inexperienced investors get into the market, they invariably ask the same questions as everyone else who starts out with no education, which is about what they should be doing and which stocks they should be buying. Now, one of the more common questions that has been recently asked is the topic about buying low price stocks or penny dreadfuls, as I like to refer to them. Now, unfortunately, investors mistakenly believe that buying a 10 cent stock is better than buying a $10 stock as they can purchase more shares with their money. But buying a stock is not like going to the supermarket to grab the latest bargain. And let me explain why. If you place $1,000 into a $10 share, then you would buy 100 shares. And if you invest in a 10 cents share, you would purchase 10,000 shares. However, if both shares rise by 10%, you've made the same amount of money. So the question that investors should be asking is, what is the risk, right? That's the most important thing versus the reward when investing in a stock. Now that's because the risk of owning a 10 cents stock is far higher while the reward is much less compared to buying a 10 stock. When the market falls, there is a much higher probability that a 10 cent stock will be more volatile and have a higher chance of falling quickly than a quality blue chip stock. Sadly, however, inexperienced investors are attracted to purchasing cheap stocks because everyone else is doing it, which therefore provides justification for their ignorance when they lose money. In the end, they spend many years with poor performing portfolios that struggle to achieve good returns. Let me share a solid tip that I followed when starting out in the stock market. If you purchase high quality blue chip stocks from the top 100 on the market, you will lower your risk and increase your potential profit. It really doesn't get much easier than that. So what are the best and worst performing sectors this week? 
It has been another interesting week in the Australian stock market with all sectors finishing lower. The Staples and utilities sectors fell the least, down 0.35% and 0.55% respectively. The healthcare sector has not been far behind, down 0.76%. And the worst performing sectors include energy down 7%, real estate down over 3.9% and the financials down 3.8% so far. Looking at the ASX top 100, TPG Telecom is currently topping the list up 3.9%, closely followed by Coca-Cola Amatil up 3.75%, followed by Newcrest Mining 3.6% and Afterpay up almost 3.5% this week. The worst performers include Unibale, Rodamco, Westfield down over 14%, and Whitehaven Coal was down over 12%, CSR down 11.2% and Vicinity Centres down 9.2%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for the week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Now, what an interesting week we had on the market. The market actually lost a bit of ground this week following lead, the lead from the US market. We saw the All Ordinaries Index pull back quite strongly. Uh, the US market had had a big dive. So we saw the Australian market following suit and pulling back below the 6,000 point mark this week for the All Ordinaries Index. Now, I did say last week that it may trade up to around the 6,350 point mark. The All Ordinaries came within a short distance of that level and rescinded and pulled back later in the week. So Friday, Thursday and Friday were down, particularly Thursday was a big day and it was a big day on the US market as well. So that's why we've seen this pullback happening. But I think it was actually overdue anyway. It was time our market had a bit of a breather. I was actually hoping that it might break somewhere between 6,550 and 6,350 points. But that doesn't mean we couldn't see it pull back for a couple of weeks and then and see it push higher again. We've just heard uh, the Prime Minister announce and the Treasurer announce more spending to be um, committed to infrastructure this week so that could uh, support our market and support the economy further going forward. Now looking at um, where I'm expecting the market to go on the downside, I would think that the market could be soft this week. We could see it further push down in, in equities in the short term but it may close higher later in the week. So um, at this point, I'd just um, leave that open and let's have a look and see how it's trading on Wednesday because what it does at the start of the week is really not the most important part of the week. We know that the amateurs open the market and the professionals close the market. A lot of activity happens late Wednesday into Thursday and Friday, so I'm expecting a similar sort of thing. So when uh, Wednesday closes, we'll know um, on Thursday morning what the direction of the overall market's going to be pretty much unless something drastic changes and people are slowly getting back to a bit of normality now with restrictions having been lifted so um, that should soften things on the market as well but uh, we're seeing a lot of retail spending still soft and it could be that way for a long time. People now shopping because they have to rather than um, used to be the case that people went out for a social exercise to the shopping centres and spending time with friends and just looking around the shops and that created a lot of impulse buying. So the market does get judged on what consumers do and how we, we spend. It's all about the consumer society. Remember, unfortunately, that's the way it is. But perhaps we'll get to some sort of better balance moving forward. Retail uh, um, spending, as in, in the shops, has been taken over by a bit more online spending.
Now on to your questions. The first question we have today is from Minimos65, a mystery person there. Hey Janine, love the video. Would love to hear about your thoughts on Altium as it dropped about 8% despite the market soaring. Is it a good option? So this was um, going back some time ago when uh, this question was posted. But looking at Altium, it is an interesting share. It has been trading quite well over the past few years, very strong in fact. And we saw the stock break through the $40 mark. This was going back a few months now. But with COVID, like any other share on the market, we did see a dramatic drop. It does need to get back above $38 if it's going to continue to rise. That's a really important level for this stock. It presented really strong resistance just recently last month. The, the stock traded up to this level and then reversed in June. $22.50 is actually really strong support. Now, I know that's a long way away and why am I mentioning this? Well, there is a risk that if the stock does continue to fall and it trades below $32, it could end up trading back to these sorts of levels. So whenever you're looking at a stock, you've always got to bear in mind what the potential upside is, but also look at the downside risk and where the stock could fall. And if it trades below a certain level, that could mean it has a destiny of trading lower which is something you've got to bear in mind. And that's for the people who um, don't have proper rules. It's really important, particularly in these times, to actually make sure you've got some solid rules to manage your downside risk. And that means setting a stop loss and deciding how much you're willing to risk and also having good money management rules and not um, pouring a, an enormous amount of money of, of your overall portfolio into one share and then having really small amounts in other stocks. So it's a good time to clean up portfolios at this time of year. So that was Altium and I think um, looking at the share, it's, it's actually held up reasonably well. Hopefully it gets back above $38, but for now, I think there could be a little bit more softening on the downside in the short term. Now, our next question is from Chris. Please take a look at SWF, um, fan of the channel, thank you. Well, thanks very much, Chris, for writing into us and putting your comments on our channel. Now I'm looking at SWF, that's Self Wealth. Now, this is actually a really small company that's on the exchange. Now, they've recently released an ETF, a self-wealth ETF. But the thing to bear in mind here is you're talking about a stock that it's the bottom of the chain of the liquidity spectrum. So it's, a, it's going to be high risk for a start from a liquidity perspective. Now, you can see that when you're looking at a chart of it, particularly the weekly chart, and we talk about this on the Tuesday night show, how you'll often see a picket fence appeal Look, it looks like there are a lot of weekly bars in a row, one after the other, with the high and the low at similar levels. And that creates this, what we call a picket fence look. And that's a, a telltale sign of liquidity. So depending on where this stock sits in the overall um, market, so it's market capitalization and the, the exactly where it sits in that ranking with other stocks will determine its liquidity. Now, the stock is has typically trades one to two million uh, was typical prior to the recent volatility on our market. And that's quite low for a share that's got a share price that's below a dollar. And particularly we're talking at the moment around 33 cents is what the stock closed at last week. Now we did see it move up. So this there's been a bit of a resurgence in the share price over the last couple of months. So it's it's gone up um, 213% over the past couple of months. Now often when stocks do this, there'll be a bit of a sell-off at, um, profit takers take their money. It does have the potential to go higher. I think it could trade above the 40 cent mark if it manages to push back up next week or the week after. But 
um, at the moment with the market slowing down, it's more likely to do the same. So self-wealth, um, high risk, low liquidity, not a stock for the average person to be investing in. And just remember, while it can go up quickly on the upside, these sorts of shares can be beaten down quickly on the downside. And it's much harder to get out at the price you want when the liquidity is so low. So that's really the point there. Chris, thanks very much for writing into us about this one. Now we've got a question from Tina. Good to see a question from a lady there who writes, Thanks Dale and Janine for the videos, really enjoying them. The market's going up right now and as you mentioned it will have a turn back in a short while, which is what we've been seeing in the past week. As a medium to long term investor, how do you judge when it's time to sell a stock when it's in profit? If it is only going down temporarily, I assume that you should hold the stock and wait for the price to go up again. Thanks, Tina. Great question, Tina. Now, this is the real challenge, isn't it? Because most people can buy a stock. It's easy to go onto a broker platform, press a button and choose to purchase a company. But when it comes to selling it, how do you manage it? How do you manage your downside risk and make sure that you hang on to that profit and don't give it away to the opposition out there that are looking to take your money? Because a long term profit can turn into a loss or it could turn into um, a not so exciting trade after all if it comes back to where you bought it or you buy price. Now the, the challenge for a lot of people is understanding uh, proper rules and this is what we aim to teach you. When you come to work with us we'll guide you through that whole process, give you structure, make sure that you've actually got some rules behind you and you understand how to apply them. And I guess with the diploma, that's the guarantee that you get is that at the end of it, you, you actually have to prove that you know what you know. And our completion rate for our courses, our diploma course is really high. And we have a really solid support group behind the students as they're coming through. So Tina, I strongly recommend if you're asking this question, it means that you, you clearly have bought something without knowing how you're going to exit. And that's one of the biggest issues that any trader or investor will face is the uncertainty side of it. And, and if you don't have a plan before you get into a share, then you really need to look at why that is, um, because then because you're risking a lot more than you probably realise if the share falls the other way and you don't know how to get out of it. But sure, there are dips on the downside and then shares do recover. So it can be a challenge. Now, people who are thinking very short term and react emotionally to the share market will often jump out of stocks before they have an opportunity to gain a return. It's particularly if they don't have a plan that's been tested over the history of the share to prove that it actually works. So. I'd suggest, first of all, Tina, to have a good read of Dale's book. This is one of the, the, um, the best places for you to start. You can go to the website on the first page. Don't go to the shop. Go to the main page. You'll see on the website there's a little orange box on the left-hand side. Click on that. You can purchase the book for free and just pay the postage. So this is Dale's first book. Um, if you decide that you want to read the second book, you may decide to purchase both at the same time so they're delivered together in one hit. So there's how to beat the managed funds by 20% and accelerate your wealth. It's your money, your choice. So that'll give you a good, very good grounding and understanding the approach that we take and, and the sorts of things that you need to be thinking about. And then if you choose to go on and do one of our courses, we'd love to have you with us. So I wish you all the best with that, Tina. My next question here that's come through is, it says, Hey Dale and Janine, I live here in sunny Queensland. Lucky you. It is freezing cold down here. So that just makes me feel like I'm shivering right now in my boots actually. And was looking to try to understand a new type of ETF. Well, good on you. Um, 
SELF. Now I'm sure that you've heard of this stock. Well, it's an ETF, which is um, exchange traded fund, which is different to a stock. So it's essentially a collection of the top holdings of the top performing SMSFs held within the self wealth platform. They say self will be constructed using data from the best performing investors among 50,000 SMS portfolios. And what are your thoughts, Sav? It's a really good one to raise. Now, first of all, I just want to digress a little bit because I can remember someone uh, ch chatting with me about a listed investment company, which is not uh, what an ETF is. However, I just wanted to explain something. And they thought that if they invested in a listed ETF, a listed exchange um, investment company, that it would actually be far safer than investing in stocks. When, when the opposite actually turned out to be true because the volatility of this listed investment company was actually as significant as some of the lower liquid, liquidity types shares on the market, which is the, the person who was investing in this particular area didn't really understand. Now, the challenge you've got is that with ETFs, the same issue you could have is liquidity. So when you look at an ETF that lists on the exchange, you can have a look at how it's traded and what's happening with that ETF. Now, just because there are um, lots of portfolios and they're supposedly the best performing portfolios, it doesn't mean that you're, if you were to invest in that ETF that you're going to see um, your, the value of your investment appreciate. Just with any ETF, I'm not particularly talking about the self-wealth ETF, I just talk in general about ETFs on the low liquidity side. There's always a risk there in investing in that area. So it's really important that you actually understand what ETFs are. So do a bit of research, make sure that you're familiar with that. But the other side of it is um, when any stock or um, anything lists on the exchange, what often happens is that these um, ETFs or, or companies can end up trading at much less than what they started at. And we saw that happen with the self wealth ETF. So it actually um, traded up to around $53.17, fell 41%, and has and been trading up since then. However, it's now coming back again. So as at last week with the volatility on the market, it pulled back. There is a real risk that it could end up back at around $39.33. So again, not for the faint hearted. And the problem with anything newly listed to the market is there's no history. There's no technical history for us to actually be able to analyze and determine what the past is telling us as to where it could run. So in the short term, there's a possibility that it's going to come back, as I was saying, and it really needs to push back higher, much, much further above about $40 to really um, be able to get going again. It, it may end up getting sold off even further than what I just mentioned. There's always a risk of that. And when you're looking at a fund manager, you, you can do some research on them to understand their philosophy and how they invest. But if you're talking about a group of people who potentially are investing in broad areas, how do you know whether they're actually going to perform or have performed and what sort of rules and strategies they're using. Maybe they're not using any stop losses at all. Um, it's, it sounds a little bit like the blind leading the blind to a certain extent. And that's the risk you take. And also, if they're investing across a broad list of stocks exposed to market movements, they're exposed to market risk. And generally, investor portfolios tend to have too many stocks in them. And this is where the, the challenge comes because having market risk means you could end up following the movements of the market anyway. So there's this thing called specific risk, which is a stock specific risk. 
And the, the theory behind it is that you don't want to hold more than 8 to 12 shares in your portfolio. So my understanding of this, and Sav, if I'm incorrect, then you're welcome to correct me if I'm wrong, is that there could be a potential 25 to 75 different shares within um, these particular ETFs. So I leave it to you. Do you want something that's simple or complicated? Dale often talks about just looking at the top 20 shares and picking out the best stocks within the top 20 shares. The broader the areas that you start to look at or the more unknowns there are in the investments that you pick, the challenge for you is if something goes wrong, you won't understand what's happened. So that, that's why just picking shares, that it's, to me, it's more transparent. That's what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, Sev, thanks very much for your question. Our next question is from Mick. He says, nobody can predict how long the current rise in the market will last, including wealth within. And it seems to me that the market rise is being fueled by optimism that the economy is opening up again and that a vaccine is just around the corner. The market is also being fueled by very low interest rates and a bit of FOMO. Good to see that um, abbreviation used there. However, earnings are down and balance sheets are weakening for many businesses. This suggests to me that the market has a weak foundation underpinning it. Now, I'd have to say that in terms of Australia, we've actually done reasonably well from the COVID perspective. So the market has been rising. We've been expecting it to go up but we've been expecting there to be a bit of volatility and it could come back from here. Whether the pullback will be extended or whether it will be short-lived, that's only time will tell that and it's a bit fluid right now in terms of what the market's doing. But in the short term, we're expecting the market could come back for at least a couple of weeks. And as it continues to pull back and then tests um, the, the buyer conviction when it starts to rise again, then we'll see what's really likely to unfold. So generally forecasts, uh, uh, forecasts have been pretty accurate over time. However, when there's higher volatility on the market like now, it actually can sometimes do the opposite of what you expect, which is what happened with COVID. So nobody expected the, the situation with the breakout of this virus and nobody expected the downside volatility. But I do agree with you, Mick, in that there, there are a lot of questions in terms of the foundation underpinning it and what's going to happen um, given that we've actually, it's been announced that we're actually in a recession and where to from here. So the government's put out a huge spending program and the, the real issue though is that we are a consumer-driven society and if consumers are not spending and businesses may be closing and who knows what's going to happen after the government stops providing the funding um, with the JobKeeper and the and the like, then um, that's the real question. So we have to see if the economy can stand on its own two feet. So I'd say let's not try and second guess that too much. Let's just see what happens over the coming months. But the main thing in the stock market is to have a plan. So it doesn't really matter what's happening with the economy um, from the sense of your investments. As long as you've got a plan, then you can manage the downside risk, except that there may be some sometimes when you actually have to sell stocks and exit at a loss and then move on from there and look for opportunities because it's a very short window of time this period right now we're talking about investing over the long term and if you're not thinking more longer term then it's really important that you start doing that even if you're trading short term you still should have some longer term plans or thoughts in in mind for where you want to go with um, what you're doing in the market so thanks very much for that mick the final question today 
states, Hi, I'm Richard and I really enjoy your videos. I was hoping to get your thoughts on Sol Washington, Sol Patterson Company Limited and the potential for long-term growth in comparison to VAS. Now, I've, I actually haven't compared it to VAS, but I just wanted to talk to you about Sol Patterson itself. I think it's a really interesting stock. We've seen it, it's on the, the lower liquidity end. It's not as low a liquid as what we've just been talking about previously on the show, but it, it's not a BHP or a Commonwealth Bank. Okay, so we're talking about a stock that went from 31.87 and it traded down significantly to less than $17 over a period of a, of a year or so. Now, more recently, resistance was really strong at around the $23 mark. It tried to, tried to hold up at that level, but with COVID, it, it um, you know, there was always a risk that it may actually fall away from that level and it, and it actually did and COVID helped push it lower. We've seen it try to trade back above $20, which is quite an important level for the stock. But there is a real risk it could trade down to $15 to $16 in the short term. So if Sol manages to stay above $17.50, we could see the share price trade higher and, put, and move back above the $20 mark. But these are all the important levels that you've really got to be watching. I think Sol's an interesting share. I'd say it's a, it could be a good trading stock at times. It does trend nicely at times, um, but it, it will be um, higher volatility than some of these other shares, bigger shares on the market, just be, purely because of where it is in the market, the size of this company. So something to be thinking about there. But what's interesting to me is that with this share, and like many others, because it's been trending down for some time, we maybe we were actually able to get a trend line on it on the weekly chart, just a short term one at the very end of that last dip there. But you can still see the angle of the overall trend is above that. And that may be important moving forward. So look, if the share gets back above $20, it could be quite good for Sol um, to see it move on. I'd just like to say a big thank you for sending your questions in. Thanks for watching until the end of the video. Now, if you have any questions that you would like me to answer, just stick them below and I'll get to them. So get typing. Remember that here on this channel, we do these Monday market reports every week. We also do a live stream every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. So hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it. So that way, you know when we upload and go live. I'm Janine Cox. Goodbye, good luck and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.